I just want to challenge you. Just open up your heart. Open up your heart because God wants to give you something else today that will help you develop your story with God. Amen? I want you to stand for the reading of God's word and turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, God is doing something in our nation. Uh, I just flew home on uh, Thursday night, and I've already done three revivals. We did one in Mississippi two weeks ago. Uh, We did one this week in um, Oklahoma. Um, I already forget where the other one was, but... (laughs) I, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, uh, in January, I was flying to Texas to speak, and the flight attendants walked up and handed me a card uh, that was in an envelope, like a birthday card, uh, you know, like a Christmas card or something. I was like, I don't even, what is this? And on the outside was Mr. Rhodes, and I know they didn't know me if they're calling me Mr. Rhodes because, you know, I don't even know who that is, my dad or something, you know. Uh, and uh, in it says, congratulations, uh, Ron, you have flown your two millionth mile with United Airlines. And, uh, you know, it, it just, just with that airline, that's not frequent flyer miles. That's not bonus miles, credit card miles. Uh, that is paid uh, actual flying miles, two million miles. Uh, but the, the cool thing about that moment and, and just part of my story is uh, – the three flight attendants were talking about, they came up and said, we're just back in the back of the airplane talking about you. And the reason they were talking about me is they, they, they thought I was younger than I really am. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, and hair color and beard color and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, they said, why would, a, why would such a young man uh, already have flown two million miles? What do you do? And what she had no idea what she was asking. I said, let me tell you my story, okay? You have just asked me to witness and share the gospel to you. Because I got to share that what I do and why I travel so much is because I'm going and telling people about Jesus Christ. Amen? And so uh, I, I'm telling you, there is a hunger. There, God is doing something. God is showing up in these services, and we're seeing incredible miracles. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. I just want to begin reading in verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer. To everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Father, I thank you right now that you are doing the supernatural in our lives. Because you are a supernatural God. And Lord, I pray that you would speak into our lives and you would challenge this morning. Lord, as we take another step in our story, our life, our testimony, our destiny. And God, I thank you today, no matter what we're going through, Lord, that... Lord, the challenges and the attacks that we must endure and face as Christians, Lord, it is not the thing that will defeat us, and it definitely will not define us. And today, Lord, we claim that. We grab a hold of that power. 
We grab a hold of what sets us apart, Lord. And Lord, we do have hope, Lord, today, no matter what the diagnosis is, no matter what the outlook is, Lord, the, Lord, we know that we have hope in Jesus Christ, and we give you glory for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Um, yesterday, uh, my wife wanted, uh, to, wanted me to watch a movie with her that uh, happened in Burleson, Texas, and I don't know if you've ever been to Burleson, Texas, but... Uh, I've been to Burleson, Texas several times. In fact, I speak at a church there in Burleson, Texas, uh, but it's a suburb of Fort Worth there in Texas. And this this story was a real story that they made a movie about. Basically, it's this uh, family. They have three daughters. Their middle daughter got very sick, and she was diagnosed with a sickness that had no cure, and the doctors really couldn't stop the advancement of it, but basically... Her, her colon, her intestines were twisted in such a way that she was not able to eat food and digest it and go through the system. And so literally, uh, they had to just go f- fly back and forth between Boston and Fort Worth because the only doctor that would deal with this uh, kind of disease was there. And the only thing they could do is kind of help her with some of the symptoms, but it continued to get worse. The little girl was in so much pain and not able to eat. She couldn't eat what everybody is ate. She couldn't eat solid foods. And literally, the, you know, I, I know what it's like, and most everybody in here that have been parents, you know what it's like to see when your kids are sick. And they come in there and they're throwing up or they're, they have a temperature or they're battling the disease or they're in pain or they're in hurt and they look to you and they go, come on, mom, come on, dad, do something, change this, help me. And you do everything you can. And so you can imagine what this mother was going through to watch her daughter be in so much pain and, 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 and Lord, literally ripped out of her life, not able to go to school, not able to have all the things that little girls should be able to do at that time in life. And the mother really hit the wall because she began to say, wait, God, where are you? God, you, you, you say you heal us. You, you say you are there for us. You, you say that we can run to you. you. You can say, Lord, that when we are going through storms, then w- where are you in this? Because my daughter is still in that hospital bed, and my daughter is still in pain, and my daughter, and I'm praying, yet it feels like you are a million miles away. And at this point, literally, the little girl was in so much pain and they were maxing out what they could give her and she turns to her mom laying there in the hospital bed and she is crying her eyes out and she just literally tells her mom the most heart-wrenching thing that you could ever hear your daughter say mommy i'm i'm ready to go to heaven i can't do this anymore and that mom began to cry and she's like, I, I know what you're saying. I, I know that this is so hard, but if you go to heaven, then mommy won't be with you. And it was one of those points and moments that if you've been in that situation, I, I remember the very first Sunday 
I was an evangelist when my daughter Taylor was diagnosed with tuberous sclerosis, a rare incurable genetic disease that is, uh, causes tumors in the major organs of her body. And, and we had just had our world rocked that uh, Thursday evening at the doctor's office where we're holding Taylor. and She's 16 months old and we're literally told all of these things that we thought we would be able to experience with her. All we were told is your little girl is as sick as you can possibly be. She has so many tumors on her brain that we can't even count them all. They're in her heart. They're in. They're going to go into the other organs of her body, and there's nothing we can do. There, there's literally not anything that we can tell you that will change this situation. And when you've been there, and you know, and you look, and you know that the Word of God says there's hope, that there is joy, that there is peace, that there is healing, when you come to these moments in your life, that you have to ask the question why people ask why people ask why is Brittany having to face this going through this cancer why when it's people that are doing what is right they're living the way they're supposed to live they're going to church you see the enemy wants to take those moments and define you and defeat you but we must realize that in these tough times that God is developing the story of our life. In other words, the testimony, the destiny, the purpose of our life. And there's nothing more powerful than to hear a dad walk up on stage. And I don't know anything. We haven't met with one specialist. We haven't met with the doctors that deal with this disease. All we know is we have the diagnosis. And the diagnosis says your daughter will not live. Your daughter will not talk. Your daughter will be in a wheelchair. Your daughter will be blind. Your daughter will never go to school. Your daughter will never understand. Your daughter will never graduate. Your daughter will never be the bride that you get to walk down the aisle. It is at that moment that I have no idea what the future holds, but I stand up on that stage on that Sunday after the diagnosis and I declare my God is a healer. My God is a giver of peace and joy and he is the one that takes my broken, shattered story and he makes it into something that has hope. It makes it into something that has purpose. I can assure you that Chris and Brittany do not want to go through what they're facing over this next year. The surgeries, the chemo for an entire year, every three weeks. They do not want to go through that. They don't want to have to face the pain. Earl and Danielle watching their girl go through the suffering. Christian and Sophia at the hospital this morning with their little baby Theo, and as I, I stood there and, and I sat there and I prayed with them on Friday in the hospital, and, and you saw the emotion begin to come out because it was, a, it was, it was such a long, drawn-out 
time of labor and it was difficult and then and then you go through all that and the hope of going through all of that is at the end they give us a baby we get to hold the baby and then we get to go home with the baby but the reality is is only nine seconds laid on her just a time to cut the cord and then they whisk the away to the NICU and they still haven't been able to hold them after all these days what is those moments about because those are the moments that set us aside from those that do not go know God. You see, we all ask these questions. Why? Why do be good people go through these things? Why? What, what, is, what makes sense about disease? What, what makes sense about these things that don't make sense? Well, then you have to look at what God says. If, if life was perfect, then it would only be God's story. Because God's story would have meant in the, the time that Adam and Eve walked in the garden, if it was only God's story, he wouldn't have eaten of the forbidden fruit because he is perfect. He cannot sin. If he wouldn't have sinned, then there would be no disease. There would be no famine. There would be no storms. There would be only perfectness because that's the way it was. But he says, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, it, it. It would be perfect if it was me, but I I created you because I want to give you your story. And your story is Adam and Eve. Your story says you do mess up. Your story does says you do sin. Your story says there are times that we doubt. But now the key part is this is I'm going to let you fail. I'm going to let you sin. I'm going to let you tempt. I'm going to let you go through the things of life. I'm going to let you face disease. I'm going to let you face the, the greatest struggles of your life. But see, the difference is if you'll give me your heart and life, then I will take your life and I will turn it into your history, your his story, your story, your what you stand for. And what you stand for is exactly what we are reading there in First Peter chapter 3. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. The hope that we have is even when they say, my wife has cancer, is at the end, my God heals. My God is there for us. You see, uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, I had an emergency surgery, and Chris came up to the hospital at like 10 o'clock at night, never realizing that two weeks later, Pastor Heather and I would be with Chris and Brittany at a biopsy on a Friday morning. Those are the moments that shows us that as individuals, if we'll come together as the body of Christ, then we'll be available for one another. There's value. There is, there's an importance of being together as the body of Christ, and we don't want to do it alone. Literally, uh, do, do you ever watch those shows on like animal kingdom and discovery and all that where they out there in the safari in, in Africa and the hyenas or the cheetahs or the lions 
Well, who do they go after? You know, there's like a thousand wildebeest or water buffalo or all the, who do they go after? They go after the isolated. They go after the one that's weak and worn down and is separated from the group. See, I've been there. I've spoken around several countries in Africa and they've taken me on safari. And there's nothing like when you're there and you realize it shows you something that if you get away from the flock, if you get away from the herd, if you get away and life is always going to give you life. In other words, it's going to be pain and disease and sickness and sadness. But when you're in the herd, when you're in with the group of the masses, then there's strength in that and you're not as easily taken down and they won't pick you out but you see when we get away from God and we get away from the church then then we're more isolated and if we're isolated then the enemy is able to come in and just to, to defeat us and destroy us much easier and that's why we need to be a part of the body of Christ and this is a thing that hit me when when we I've been in Oklahoma doing a revival all week and I flew in Thursday night and 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 the thing that hit me when we found out the diagnosis for Brittany that it is cancer and, and the, the, they found another mass in another part and they're going to have to find out if that's cancer and all these things that are going on. I, literally, the thing that struck me was is, is Pastor Chris, he has an incredible story. He has an incredible testimony. There was a time in his life that he, he didn't know Christ and cancer attacked his family, attacked his mom. And his mom was a woman of God and she loved God and she loved her son and death through the cancer took Chris's mom at a very young age and when I heard that Brittany was for sure diagnosed with cancer this week the thing that God put on my heart immediately was call Chris and tell him this one thing, because the enemy's going to lie to him. You tell him this, the way that cancer took your mom, cancer and death will not take your wife. It will not end the same. Your wife will be healed. Your wife will live. Your wife will be victorious. <laughs> Connie is starting a ministry here in our church for those that are battling cancer. And I stood out there before the first service this morning, and she said, never would I realize when God spoke to me to start this ministry that I would have to face cancer again. She said, I'm going through chemo right now. And she said something so important. She says, you know what? It's easy to speak about something when it's in the past, but when you're having to go through it. And what I've always said is, is there, there's the power in while we're going through the storm, that's the power that is a distinction that, that separates us that don't know God and that do know God because everybody can have victory and everybody can have joy and everybody can have peace when you get through the storm, when you get out of prison. But the question is, is can you have peace and can you have joy and can you have that contentment while you're in the prison, while you're in the storm? 
And you see, that's this distinction. That's what changes when we allow God to get involved. You see, if it was only God's story, it would be a perfect story. There wouldn't be no disease. There wouldn't be any sin. But when he said, I'm going to let you live out your life, but you're not going to live it alone. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I'm going to walk with you. You see, uh, 22 years ago this week, I started on the journey of telling my story. My story, when I started 22 years ago as an evangelist, was relatively short. Now, 22 years later, there's a lot of chapters added. You know what I found out every time? Every time that the enemy tried to do something else, tried to use a different strategy, Every time we went through that, it unlocked the door to somebody else's life because I can speak about something and I can talk about it and I can tell you the Bible says, have joy, have peace, believe in God, trust in God, but it is the distinction that when you go through something yourself, you're able to identify you see, Thursday night, the same time, uh, being picked up at the airport by Heather, and Pastor Chris, and Brittany's two kids, Eden and Greg, they picked me up at the airport, and then we went to Chris and Brittany's house. I saw Chris. Gave him a big hug and the tears, the sadness and the hurt began to come out. At the same time, over 2,000 miles away, another one of my closest friends, a pastor in Montana that is like, I'm like their adopted son He just retired in November, pastoring. Just built a little cabin out of his own hands there in the mountains of Montana so him and his wife, Renee, could live out their retirement. Thursday night, while sitting there holding each other's hands on their couch watching TV, Pastor Jim was living one moment and the very next moment he was gone he was not sick he was the guy that I would have said would have lived another 20 years I was already asleep when this happened and I got a text and it woke me up maybe Heather woke me up and said you got a text and I look over and it's Renee. Renee is the wife of Pastor Jim. You know who she is, because I've told you about her. 
She's the one that many years ago when I was speaking for them for a revival as I did for like 17 years in a row, she's the one that got flipped off her four-wheeler and slammed into the ground and her head hit the ground and there was a rock underneath her and it, it, it killed her right in front of And Pastor Jim went over and scooped his dead wife up in his arms and he just began to say, Renee, Renee, you cannot leave me. And he's there in the shock of the moment of just literally out of the blue. His wife is laying there lifeless, limp, dead, gone, massive brain injury, and she's already in heaven. And and God says to her, he says, Renee, I need you to go back. I'm not done with you. And she said something that is so powerful. She says, nobody that makes it to heaven wants to leave. Nobody. Well, that little girl in that movie that had this rare incurable disease. They took her home after that visit. She goes outside to play with her sisters and they climb a tree in their front yard and they get up on a limb and it breaks and they thought they were gonna have to, they were gonna fall and so the older sister says to the one that, that, that's sick, he said, she said, quick, get to the middle of it. Just go sit over there by that hole. You see, the entire tree was hollowed out all the way down to the ground, 30 feet hollow out old tree well in the craziness of the moment she went over to the hole but she fell through the hole and she fell 30 feet down in the middle of this tree hitting herself all the way down and when she landed it killed her she's laying there lifeless fire department gets there takes three hours to get her out they literally lift her out with a harness and she's laying there limp and lifeless they put her in the helicopter and they fly her to a hospital in fort worth Mom is in the helicopter with the dad and the other two daughters drive up there. And, and then you see the next scene. And it's the, the doctor that comes out to tell him. He said, your daughter's not dead. She's alive. She's breathing. We thought she was gone. But she's breathing. She's alive. And, 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 and I need to tell you something. He says, we can't find anything wrong with her. She should have every kind of broken bone. She should. He said, maybe she has a slight concussion, but that's that's it. But you see, at the moment that she she was ready to give up, at the moment it was too much, and she so told her mom, "I just want to die. I want to go to heaven," because that was the only place that she was ever told that she would have all the pain to stop. At that very moment. She says, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to that place that I I won't feel any more pain. And the reality is, is when she fell that 30 feet inside that tree and she died at the base of that tree, God was just honoring her request. He brought her to heaven and he healed her and he sent her back because when she came back to life, the disease in her abdomen and her colon was completely healed. She never had another problem ever again. And the incurable became curable because when God gets involved with our story, our story becomes a testimony. Renee's laying there lifeless. We're out 20 miles in the, the mountains. and There's nothing we can do in the natural. But we begin to pray. And 20 minutes later, from a massive brain injury death, Renee is raised from the dead. So Thursday night, the text that woke me up, it was Renee texting me, 
saying we're in the ambulance and we're headed to the hospital and they already tell me Jim is dead. They say it's too much. He's gone. He's been dead too long. There's nothing going to happen. And she says, but I couldn't allow that just to be it. I said, no, we're going to take him to the, to the hospital. You're going to do everything you can. You're going to work as hard as you can because I want to give him the chance that he gave me. You see, the day that I was laying there dead, my husband believed and prayed and I was raised from the dead. And so I'm going to bleed that very thing. Well, Pastor Jim did not raise from the dead. He's gone. And on Friday, I will be out in Montana. And we'll join together with a whole community, family, friends, that we are as devastated as devastated gets. But yesterday it hit me and I sent a text to, to Renee and I said, you know what, Renee, you of all people, you are hurting. She is as broken. She's like, I want him just to be raised from the dead and come home from that funeral home. But, but I said, Renee, God, show me something. I, 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 God, show me this. Renee, you are the one person, the only person that you know what your husband is experiencing right now. And it is perfect. And there is no pain and there is no disease. You know what? It is at the worst of times that God gets to take all of our hurt and our pain and he gets to make it into something special. And it's called your story, your testimony, your destiny, your purpose. You see, I would never have had the opportunity to do what I do if I didn't have a story. I could talk about the time that I was the little boy that was molested. I could talk about the time that I was laying in a hospital in Muskogee, Oklahoma, in an anaphylaxis and I was dying. I could talk about the time that I was diagnosed with cancer myself. I could talk about the time that it was spread. I could talk about the time that my mom wanted me to help her kill herself by showing her how to use dad's shotgun. I could talk about the time that my daughter was attacked with a horrible, incurable disease. I could talk about the time that I watched my wife cry after losing one, two, three, four, five babies. I could talk about those times, not as a time that defeats me and destroys me, not idolizing or lifting up the pain and the disease and the hurt, but rather getting to talk about the God that got me through all of that. Got me through all of that. And the same God is going to get Chris and Brittany through this. And the same God is going to get Christian and Sophia through this. And the same God is going to get every one of us in this room. Because 2018 will not be a year known for what we had to go through and what we had to battle. 2018 will be known as the year that God did something special through me and in me. Because I always know where my hope comes from. And my hope comes from the Lord. Come on, everybody. Stand with me if you would, please. Father, today is a day, Lord, that yes, we have sorrow and we have pain. Today is a day, Lord, that it doesn't make sense. Today is a day that maybe we ask the question, why? Today is a day, Lord, of many tears. Many tears. There won't be more tears this week and there'll be more tears next week. But God, the blessed hope is that if we invite you to be our Lord and our Savior, 
that no matter what the enemy tries and no matter what life brings us, we overcome. Lord, Pastor Jim lived an incredible life of impacting so many people all over the nation know him because of his love. God, there will be times in our lives that we do not understand. And it's not that when we go through these times that it's because you're not caring or you're not around or you're not hearing. It's the exact opposite. We made the choice to bring sin, disease, and death into this life. But you're such a compassionate, caring God that you said, yeah, you failed me. Yeah, you let me down. Yes. You sinned. Yes, you did this, but I love you. I'm your father. And even though you're going to have to face things that are not fair and not easy, I want to give you the strength to get through it, and I'm going to give you the victory, and you're going to have healing, and you're going to have deliverance, and you're going to have hope. And God, we realize that the weeks and the months ahead, Lord, may be challenging. But God, your mercies are new every morning. Your strength is supernatural. Your peace that passes all understanding, Lord, in the natural cannot be understood because you operate in the supernatural. And so, God, I pray right now, no matter who we are, no matter where we are in our lives, Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room would know Christ, would know Christ because he is the one that takes our tragedies and our, 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 our past and, and the things that we have to face, and he makes it into a testimony. He makes it into a destiny. God, you are the one. You are the answer. And I pray right now, if someone does not know you, that they would give their heart and life to you right now. Because, Lord, the enemy wants to take us out. He wants to take our past and destroy us. But, God, you determined that I would have a story to tell. And that story is not about what I have went through, but what my God has done through me. And what is going to do through me and what has done in me. God, I pray right now that you would literally bind up the brokenhearted, that you would set the captive free, that you would feed the hungry, that you would clothe the naked, Lord, that you would set the prisoner free. God, right now you are doing the impossible in our lives and we speak healing and we speak power and we pray, Lord, that depression would leave right now and, and pain would leave right now and the unknown would leave right now. We come against the strategy of the enemy and the strategy of the flesh that is the steak to kill, steal, and destroy. But God, you come that we might have life. And Lord, where we get our hope from is in you. And so I would challenge everyone to lift up your hands right now and say, God, today, no matter what I have to go through, Lord, I choose you, Lord. I choose you, Lord. I need you. God, I cannot do this. When that mom was ready to give up, when she was ready to blame God, when she stopped going to church because it felt like God was a million miles away. It felt like maybe God didn't care. It was the exact opposite. He was setting up the incredible opportunity to have an incredible testimony. Yeah, she's going to fall in a tree, but that's what I'm going to use to set her free. I'm going to heal her at the moment that it looked the worst. I'm going to do something so supernatural 
With your heads bowed, I just want to quickly ask, is there anyone here that does not know Christ, that you, you haven't started your walk with God yet? You haven't started your story. Your story doesn't start when you're born. Your story starts when you accept Christ into your life. And I want to pray for you right now. If you do not know Christ, I want to pray for you because you cannot leave. As we saw in this incredible servant of God pass away on Thursday night, anyone that deserved to have a time of retirement, and the reality is, is he's going to have the best retirement that he could ever had possibly had, and that's going to be in the presence of Jehovah. I want to ask you right now, one moment you could be sitting on the couch holding your wife's hand watching a TV show and the next you could be in eternity you're not guaranteed this week you're not guaranteed the rest of this day and the only way you can make it to heaven is that you know Christ I want to pray for you if you've not given your heart and life to God or if you've gotten away from God and you want to make that rededication to God right now I want to pray for you just right where you're standing raise up your hand and say that's me Ron pray for me I want to dedicate my life to God I want to give my heart and life to God right now. I want to start my story with Christ. Anybody that you would raise your hand, you say, I need Jesus. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray right now for everyone in this room. God, that this would be a defining moment in their life. God, we lift up those that are carrying a heavy, heavy burden right now. God, we, we lift up those, Lord, that maybe feel like, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. I don't know where the answer is. God, I pray right now that you would do the impossible. I pray right now that you would do the supernatural. I pray right now, God. God, today I get to stand up here and I get to declare that you are a good God. Yeah, I've been through some things just like everyone in this room. But I also know what it's like to go through those things with you right beside me. Because, Lord, you are the reason I stand here today. And you are the reason I have a story. You are the reason I have a testimony. And, God, I was healed of cancer. And even though my back was broken in four places, I am walking. And even though my daughter was diagnosed with a rare and curable disease, she is 20 years old, almost 21 years old, because my God is a healer. My mom lived. Oh, Lord, you are the reason I stand here today, God, because you are my hope. You are my future. And God, everyone in this room, Lord, we have, a, we have a hope and we have a future and we have a story. We have that, that we are challenged to know where we have our hope from, Lord, that we would be always embracing who you are. Thank you, Lord, for that freedom. In Jesus' name.